Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JC Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Collier. Got a great show for you today um, in this spare time I have in the afternoon. Uh, just started back my second semester of law school today, so I'm working on my second pot of coffee. Been doing some, uh, both some film break get, breakdown and some stat breakdowns for you uh, for this preview on a big week for the Razorbacks, uh, playing at uh, LSU and at Alabama, coming off of a, a tough week last week, so um, about to dive into it here, but first, uh, just a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. CJ's has locations in Fayetteville on Weddington and in Russellville on Arkansas Avenue. Uh, Online ordering is available at the Fayetteville location, and they've won Best Burger and Fries in the state, fulfilling their motto, when all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. So quickly, uh, just looking back at last week... um, Disappointing performance against Missouri the week before last, obviously. So the, the Razorbacks coming off that performance where they just they they really couldn't make a shot. I think they ended up shooting 26% uh, from the field, 25% from the three point line, and that's uh, the type of game where um, no matter how well you play, uh, if you're not making shots, you're not going to win. Um, and it, and it was really a lot of them were, were, were layups. I mean, you do shoot 25% from the three-point line, but that's not necessarily going to kill you. It's the it's the missed layups and, and free throws uh, that are going to kill you. Uh, but coming off that uh, performance, they shot a lot better uh, at Tennessee. But <laughs> in addition to shooting a lot better, they turned it over 20 times. Uh, and they only forced five turnovers. You're, that's just not a good combination um, for, to, for winning basketball. You're not going to win a whole lot of basketball games with those sort of numbers. You're plus or you're minus 15 on your turnover margin. Um, not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but huge opportunity for a road win against a top 10 team. Um, win in a halftime with a seven-point lead, um, but ultimately couldn't pull it off. Uh, it's not a bad loss, uh, just a, a really big uh, missed opportunity. Um, then Saturday looked like the Hogs finally put everything together uh, in the win against Georgia, uh, really led by three freshmen. You know, uh, Vance Jackson kind of emerged uh, for the second game in a row, played really well. Um, Jalen Tate did what he does and, and played really well. But then you had Moses Moody and Devontae Davis combining for 20 20- or for uh, 45 points, Davis had 20 and Moody had 25. Uh, Davis was flirting with a uh, tri- triple-double stat line almost. He had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. And Jalen Williams, even though he didn't score much, he, he finished the game with 2 points, um, he had 9 rebounds. Uh, just really did a great job of uh, cleaning the glass and played a lot of basketball, played a lot of minutes. Um, so that's really, um, it's great momentum heading into this, this two game road stretch against LSU and Bama who are playing, uh, at a high level. Both are, uh, close to the top of the conference. Bama is number one in the conference at four and oh, LSU is three and one. And so I'll talk about LSU first and say the first matchup on Wednesday, um, they're eight and two, three and one in conference, like I just mentioned, and they've won two in a row in conference. They won an overtime game against Georgia and they just beat Ole Miss fairly handle, handily uh, without their uh, star freshman 
Cam Thomas. He went down in the first two minutes of that game with an ankle injury, um, and he's questionable against Arkansas Wednesday, which that's going to really dictate uh, the entire matchup. It's a typical um, LSU uh, type of makeup of a team uh, as far as recent LSU teams. Bunch of size, bunch of athleticism, um, really a, a good amount of talent and depth, but they their their system is revolving around four guys currently. Uh, you have Cam Thomas, you have Watford, Smart, and Days as well. Um, Thomas is currently leading uh, all scores in the SEC with 22 points a game, um, and he's a true freshman. And like I said, he's questionable uh, coming into the game Wednesday. I don't know uh, exactly what that means for the Razorbacks as far as if he will play or if he does, will he be 100% or anything like that. Um, Injuries are pretty quiet um, in college athletics uh, just for... I guess matchup purposes and all that sort of stuff. You don't want to give anybody uh, uh, any sort of an advantage. Make your opponent game plan like he's going to play, even if you know he's not. So um, right now, he, like I said, he's averaging 22 points a game, but he also shoots over 25% of their shots per game. He gets up so many shots, and he obviously makes a lot of them. He's, he's a really good basketball player, and he's uh, one of those uh, types of point guards um, that Arkansas has struggled with in the past that's just really crafty, uh, really fast, uh, pretty good in the pick-and-roll offense, but also uh, can finish at the bucket through contact, but can expand the game and shoot the outside jump shots. So, you know, um, he's just really a really talented um, point guard and obviously is playing really well for the Tigers, and a lot of their success is because of uh, how well he's been playing. Um, as far as I'm concerned, LSU goes as far as he goes. Um, so if he's out or limited against Arkansas, that, that could put the Tigers in, in a good amount of trouble. Uh, LSU does generate a lot of steals uh, and turnovers. They do crash the boards really well, and they get to the free throw line a lot. And they make most of their free throws. I think in conference play, they're shooting over 78% from the th- free throw line. Um, just another team... Uh, similar to Missouri in that in that sort of uh, getting to the free throw line early and often and and making a lot of them and that's just really what what some teams are doing um, especially I, I talked about this uh, in a, in a previous episode about uh, Alabama too um, Alabama Arkansas under Musselman um, LSU. Not so much Missouri because they don't rely on the outside jump shot as much, but this um, this philosophy of your your offense coming from three pointers, layups, and free throws um, that's that's just the way that college basketball uh, is moving and has moved, and so LSU has really capitalized on that. They have uh, three of those top four scores: so Watford, Smart, and Days. This is excluding. Um, Thomas, I think he shoots around 33% from the three from the three-point line. Excuse me, um, but the other three, uh, Wadford, Smart, and Days, they each shoot over 40% from the three-point line, and they combine for 13 attempts behind the arc per game. Um, so you you just have a lot of made baskets from the outside. Now that's that's not even close to their entire. Uh, 
offense from outside the the line. You have Thomas shooting another four or five shots outside the three-point line, and a couple other guys who are shooting as well. They'll get up over 20, 25 threes um, per game. Um, but it's just another another matchup where there are a lot of scoring threats and a lot of shooting threats that the Razorbacks are really going to have to uh, crack down on. Um, having Devontae Davis and Vance Jackson emerge and playing better, even uh, Jalen Williams gives the Razorbacks a slight advantage in size. Um, you know, Devontae Davis, you, you put Devontae Davis and Jalen Tate and Moses Moody out on the court with a Vance Jackson and a Jalen Williams, and you go 6'4", 6'6", 6'6", 6'9", 6'10". And that's that's pretty good size. Um, they, they, I mean, LSU's not going to be outmanned or, or super small compared to that lineup, but Arkansas does have some matchups in that uh, in that sort of a lineup, or even if you play um, Connor Vanover in that set, you, you, you gain some size there. But um, Vanover has not been playing much of late, especially in these up-and-down mashups. It's not anything about him um, playing bad. It's... It's really just he is not currently uh, in shape to go up and down. He's not fast enough, athletic enough, whatever you want to call it, um, to play full games and be super effective up and down. That's just not um, his forte. Now, if if we play a, a more physical team, um, and, and he, he, he did get kind of bullied by, by Tillman against Missouri, but... I don't really expect that to happen every time we play a phys- or every time the Razorbacks play a uh, physical team. And part of it was set back. I was having this conversation on Twitter. He got sick right before the season started and lost all the weight that he had put on uh, since getting to campus. So he's basically starting back from where he was as, as a freshman at Cal, as far as his weight goes. And so. He's seven foot three and playing at 245, 250. That's what he's listed at right now, um, which really is pretty light for, for being that size. And he, and he was bulked up uh, a bit, um, but like I said, lost it. And so that's really, that whole losing the weight and losing that physicality has really hindered him um, because now he doesn't have the speed because of the frame and he lost the, the muscle to kind of prevent being backed down on and being out physical um, when he lost all the weight from being sick. So it really is difficult to add weight mid-season, and, and it really is difficult to, to make those adjustments. But he's not playing bad basketball. Now, he's missing a couple shots here and there, but he also, against Auburn, he put up 17 points, and he only made one three-point shot. Um, so he's he has the ability to score. And, and I'll also add, Auburn gets up and down pretty, pretty well, too. So uh, it's not... Um, necessarily just because of the up and down nature of the game, but it might have something to do with it. Also, it could just be that Vance Jackson and Jalen Williams are playing really well too. Um, you don't want to discredit their work either. Regardless, uh, whether or not Thomas can go is a huge factor. It, it's not the determining factor in who will win the game, but it, it is a major factor in, in who will win uh, this Wednesday matchup uh, at LSU. As far as keys to victory... Um, LSU really doesn't have much in the way of consistent contributors outside of their uh, top three or four guys. 
Um, so depending on whether Thomas can go or not, you really have to limit those three or four. Obviously, three or four because if Thomas doesn't play, there's only going to be three of them. But I, it's going to be really difficult to stop any one of them because they're all so good at what they do and they can all score at a high level. So I don't necessarily think um, the Razorbacks are going to stop any one of them, um, let alone two of them. But you really, the the game plan needs to be to try to limit their production, make them be a little bit more inefficient, make them miss some shots, make them play a little bit below their averages so that these other guys will have to step up who are more unproven. Uh, might be some freshmen in there that you might have to make step up um, outside of Thomas. Um, if you if you kind of push those guys under their average, get them frustrated, make them turn the ball over here and there, and and keep them below their their high scoring averages because uh, they're all scoring over 13 points a game. Um, 13, 15, 17, and 22 I think were the figures. Um, so they they can all uh, really score the ball, and uh, you're not gonna really stop them from scoring the ball. Their, their offense as a whole is designed to score a lot of points. They don't really stop other teams from scoring a lot of points. Um, but just it's all about limiting, um, but not, not necessarily stopping. I mean, that's, that's ideal, but it's going to be difficult to make that happen. Um, again, another matchup. You don't want to put them on the free throw line early. Uh, they are really good at making their free throws. Like I mentioned, they make 78% of their free throws in conference play. Uh, they get to the line a lot. They shoot a lot of free throws. Do not put them in the bonus early. Arkansas has been averaging 17 fouls per game, um, which is not a huge number. Um, statistically speaking, that's about one and one shooting the one and one um, each half, but not really getting into the double bonus all that much. And if that's all you foul, uh, more often than not, that's occurring later in the half. Um, so Arkansas needs to kind of Keep that trend going. Don't foul too early. Don't foul too much. Um, and really make them earn their points if they do get inside because they are going to finish at the rim. They have talented enough guards to finish at the rim. Make them earn it at the free throw line at that point. But don't foul 30 feet from the basket. Don't bail them out on, on a crazy shot or anything like that. Don't foul any jump shooters. And don't go out of control and draw any offensive fouls. Just... Really play under control and, and, and limit any unnecessary type of fouls uh, to prevent them from getting in, in the bonus early. Um, LSU is a really good offensive rebounding team as well. Uh, really have to box out and limit any second chance points, any second chance opportunities they might try to get. Um, Jalen Williams has really come on really well, um, especially last game having nine rebounds. You know, he's in the minutes he's played this year, he has rebounded the ball pretty well. He's been physical. He's a glass cleaner. He hasn't scored a whole lot of points this season, but he, he does re- do a really good job of attacking the ball and trying to get the rebound, so get good position and then attack the ball in the air. Um, so that it's crucial that he continues that, but as well, you need Moses Moody, Devontae Davis, uh, all your other guards, Jalen Tate, you still need them rebounding at a high level too, boxing out those guards, those pesky guards who are coming in and try to steal an offensive rebound and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, lastly, take care of the basketball. Um, Arkansas cannot 
turn the basketball over against LSU. I mentioned earlier they're not necessarily the best defensive team, but they, they do force turnovers. Now, some people say, well, if they force turnovers, aren't they a pretty good defensive team? No. Um, not necessarily. If you still allow teams to score a bunch of points, you're not a great defensive team. Just because you can force turnovers um, does not mean that you are playing good defense. Um, I think Arkansas fans will be able to relate to this, but Mike Anderson defense, especially uh, the latter part of his tenure at Arkansas and his current tenure at uh, St. John's, his teams are always near the top uh, of the country in forcing turnovers, um, but it seems like there are always holes in the defenses and allowing corner threes, allowing offensive rebounds, allowing a lot of points to be scored. So just because you force turnovers does not necessarily make you a good defensive team. I do not think LSU is a good defensive team, um, but they, they can turn you over. And Arkansas um, proved against Tennessee they have the ability to turn the ball over a lot. 20 turnovers against Tennessee really cost them the game um, at Knoxville. So really got to take care of the ball there. Um, yeah, but that's that's pretty much my LSU take. I It's a, very, it's a winnable game, especially if Thomas is out um, – and you don't know if he's going to be 100% or if he's going to be limited or if he's going to be completely out. Um, regardless, it'll be a tough game because they do have other threats, even though some of them are unproven outside of those top three uh, away from Thomas. Uh, there's a lot of talent and depth and size and athleticism on this LSU roster. I think I'll, I think I'll give the Razorbacks a victory in Baton Rouge by five. Um, I guess that's my official prediction for now. Subject to change, depending on any Cam Thomas news. On to Alabama. Nate Oates has Alabama 4-0 and for the first time in... Oh gosh, I think, I think the graphic I saw was since 1982-83. Which would be almost 40 years. Which is crazy to think about. Um, they're first in the SEC right now. And they're playing really, really well. A lot of experience and young talent and a lot of scores. And I mentioned earlier, and I mentioned pretty much almost every podcast, it seems like, um, three-pointers, layups, free throws. They shoot a ton of three-pointers. They'll shoot over 30 a game. And their success is greatly attributed to when they make those shots. They're a really good rebounding team, too. Uh, very, I'll, I'll say they're an elite offensive rebounding team. Um, they really do get after it on the offensive glass. I think they were averaging around 14 offensive rebounds per game, which is top 20 in the country. Um, they are number one in the SEC in defensive rebounds, number two in total rebounds. Uh, total rebounds per game in the SEC, uh, top 30 total rebounds in the country. Really good rebounding team, a lot of size, a lot of versatility, um, and they have, similar to uh, Pinson at Missouri and and uh, Thomas at LSU, they have another one of those pesky little crafty uh, point guards and Javon Quinterly. Um, I don't know if fans will remember the name, Quinterly was the uh, five-star recruit out of high school who committed to Villanova and transferred last season. Um, and 
Musselman was really high on him and, and had contacted him. And I think, if memory serves correctly, uh, Arkansas was even, I think, in strong consideration for Quinterly, but ultimately ended up transferring to Alabama. He was denied his waiver last year. Uh, a lot of people thought he, he deserved to uh, be granted his waiver. Regardless, he is making the most of uh, this season. He hasn't played the last couple games, um, but on the season so far, he's averaging 13 points a game, uh, three assists per game. He's shooting the ball fairly well from outside, but another one of those guards who he loves to drive and dish to all these these shooters outside. He can step out and expand the game with, with his own shot. Um very crafty, very high IQ, can make some pretty insane types of passes. He's just a really good point guard in this league. Um, I don't know exactly why he hasn't played the last couple games. I would assume he would be back for the Arkansas game Saturday. Um, I'm treating this like he's going to be fully healthy for the Arkansas game Saturday. Um, But just another one of those types of guards that Arkansas has struggled with recently. Um, but they have plenty of, even, even outside of, uh, of Quinterly though, they have plenty of shot creators, uh, Petty, Primo, Shackelford, guys who can hit jump shots outside, but can also, um, drive or step back or any sort of stuff can create their own offense. Um, and you combine that with the, the size and versatility of guys like Bruner, who was, uh, another graduate transfer that, that Musselman was on in last year's cycle. You have Herb Jones and, and Reese as well for a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, a lot of versatility. It's going to be a difficult matchup. Alabama will have the size advantage um, and definitely will have the shooter's advantage. I know they're number one in the SEC right now, but I, I really think Alabama and Tennessee, talent-wise, have the best rosters in the SEC. Um, obviously, Kentucky's in that conversation every year um, just because they land so many five-star prospects. But just looking at the rosters, I, I think it's really hard to uh, sit here and find any more talented rosters than Alabama and Tennessee, and maybe even in that order. Um, I, I think Alabama might even have a more talented roster um, than Tennessee, but their success comes directly from how they shoot three-point ball. I mentioned that uh, just a minute ago, but uh, when I was looking at all these numbers, um, they are one in three on the season when they shoot less than 30% as a team from the three-point line. They are 8-0 and oh if they shoot better than 30% from the three-point line. So that 30% mark is really the cutoff on what makes this Alabama team a winning basketball team and a very good basketball team and what makes them um, a pretty good team that can't close out the deal. Um, Interestingly enough, Arkansas is averaging exactly 30% uh, in allowing teams to shoot 30% uh, from the three-point line per game. Um, So it's really going to come down to, in, in my opinion, can Arkansas run Alabama off the three-point line and make them score in other ways? If Arkansas holds them under 30%, record shows it, there's a good chance Arkansas wins that game. If that's going to happen, I, I don't necessarily know. It's going to be difficult. Um, the last three Arkansas won three in a row at Coleman Coliseum, and I think um, 
six of the last eight or something. I, I won't swear to that. I was reading a stat. Um, one of my buddies on Twitter, Ben Brandon Hoops, uh, or Ben Brandon, he goes by Hog Hoops on, on Twitter. Shout out to Ben. Um, he was saying that Arkansas had won um, the last three at Coleman and six of the last eight, I think. I won't swear to that. I don't have my phone by me, so I'm not going to uh, look up his tweet. But if that's wrong, you can check Ben's Twitter, and he'll have the accurate information. Um, but, yeah, three-point three uh, three uh, percentage is going to be crucial in this game. Um, it's a winnable game, too, but I don't think – I don't think Arkansas wins both games this week. Um, there's a chance that it could happen. I don't see the Razorbacks picking up both, and because I predicted a win at LSU, I'm going to say Arkansas loses at Alabama, and those could easily be reversed. I, I definitely see Arkansas picking up one of the two. Um, difficult to win both. You can't lose both. Uh it, these are two good of quality wins to, to drop both and go to two and four in conference. So you really need to split and then go into a very winnable five-game stretch after that. Other keys to the game, um, like I said, it's predicated on the on the three-point defense, but also got to win uh, the, the rebounding battle, especially preventing them from getting too many offensive rebounds um, and limit Quinterly's uh, offensive penetration if you, if you can manage to limit him in getting to the heart of your defense, you limit how many times he's able to generate other people's offenses. Because um, if he if he gets to the heart of the defense, he draws in help side, then they have any number of shooters that are available, wide open, who are going to make their shots. Um, so that's really kind of building off of that three-point uh, defense that I mentioned. But um, you just can't you cannot let him get into the heart of the defense. Um, I'll say Bama by 10. Um, finally, I guess, closing this out, um, I put up a Twitter questionnaire every week before my, my uh, recording for this podcast, and surprisingly, this was the first time that I actually had people comment and ask me questions. So if you're listening to this and you want to hear your questions read out and answered on air, uh, just look look out for my uh, preview and reaction podcast announcements on Twitter, um, and I will uh, be fielding questions and I'll answer them on the podcast. Um, so I have three uh, for today's episode. Hogfan20 asked about Justin Smith's status. Um, the original t- timetable around uh, the new year was it would take three to six weeks. Um, he's still pretty early along in that process, in the rehab process right now, um, working in the uh, underwater treadmill. He hasn't really done anything as far as jumping or been with a team or anything like that, so could be on the longer side of that figure. Maybe mid-February should be when he returns. Um, so Arkansas really needs to, to work on stacking up some wins here soon, uh, going towards the difficult stretch at the end of conference play for when he gets back. Um I had a buddy, Brock, ask what to expect of Devo moving forward after his uh, 20.7 rebound and 6 assist performance. Look, that's that's just not going to happen every game. That's not going to happen for a lot of players every game. Um, and with, with K.K. Robinson being hurt and out for the year, 
if, if you've been living under a rock, K.K. Robinson had season-ending uh, foot surgery because of a broken bone in his foot. Um, Musselman said today at his presser that Devo would be taking up K.K.'s minutes. Um, so that, that'll, that'll give Devo an extra five or six minutes per game probably. On top of having more minutes, he's been playing better. He's been playing more confident. I could see him averaging around uh, six, five, four, six points, five rebounds, four assists. Obviously, he'll have games with more than that. He'll have games with less than that. But I think as a true freshman who is uh, still getting his legs under him a little bit, um, who is still working at mastering running an offense, uh, since he he does play the point guard, um, I'm not expecting super outrageous stats from him uh, to average from here on out. But I do think, if you, as, as, as a true freshman, if you're averaging six, five, four, something like that, um, that means you're going to have games here or there where you're putting up 10 to 12 points and seven rebounds and six assists or something like that. Uh, you're also, that also means you're going to have your off games or where, games where maybe you, you aren't needed to do as much because there are games, um, especially with a team like Arkansas, where you have so many weapons that, Sometimes you just don't have to step up as much. Um, so you could see guys like Van, with Vance Jackson and Jalen Williams and these other guys stepping up alongside of them. You know, if you have your normal contributors come in too, um, to add to that, you have Desi Sills getting back. If he gets hot again, um, Devo might not have to do as much. So um, it kind of kind of balances out. But I think six, five, and four or so uh, is, is a good average to kind of expect – from him moving forward. Um, and finally, let's see, who is this? Ah, Mr. Charlie asked me on Twitter um, if we should take a different approach rather than, quote, winning the race, unquote, um, in an up-tempo game because of uh, turnovers. I don't necessarily think, number one, um, I don't think Musselman would change his style of play completely. Um he loves to, to run, you know, the whole pace and space offense, get up down the floor. Um, he has a bunch of one-hitters in his offense from, from the NBA game. Um, loves to shoot a bunch of threes. Um, not necessarily every possession has to be short, but short if you get a good shot early, which they do a lot of times. Um, I also don't necessarily think there is a, a major correlation to playing up-tempo opponents and turning the ball over. And I know it's a small sample size, but I mainly looked at uh, conference play. Um, against Auburn, one of the nor- normally one of the most up-tempo teams in the SEC, Arkansas only turned it over nine times. Um, against Georgia, who has proven to be a uh, very much an up-tempo game, Arkansas turned it over 14 times, probably a couple more than you would like, but that's still, um, that's about average. That's not any um, terrible performance uh, as far as turnover numbers. Against Tennessee, you turned the ball over 20 times. They're not necessarily a slow team, but they're not a team that's known to just run it up and down the whole game. Um, So I don't think uh, playing against LSU and Alabama, I wouldn't, expect to slow the game down a whole lot. Um, I also wouldn't expect uh, that to mean um, to expect to turn the ball over a lot either. Um, that can happen against slow-paced slow, slow pace teams. It can happen against up-tempo teams. It just matters um, 
how good of a defense you're playing or how reckless you're playing yourself. Um, yeah, but that's it uh, for this week's episode, this uh, preview for uh, LSU and Alabama. Remember to hit me up on Twitter next time I announce my episode. If you have any questions you want me to hit on, any comments you have um, about the team, any, any of that sort of stuff. Um, but for, Yeah, but for this week, I'm Jackson Collier, and this was the JC Hoops Podcast.